0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we are jamming with Will Sachs, creator, entrepreneur, and artist based in Nashville, Tennessee, USA, originally from Canada, which I'm proud to Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Will? Hey, Mark. Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to have fun. I mean, there's so many you've got such a fascinating journey so far of intersecting, you know, like entrepreneurship to art and music and healing and so I mean there's a million different strings that I can pull, but before we get into any of that, first question really is just avoid any job titles and that's just who are you?
1: Wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a deep question. Um <laughs> I mean that's the the primary question that a lot of spiritual teachers would say that it's it's our life's work to answer, right? Yeah. Um but I guess I would say I'm an engineer. Uh I'm a musician, I'm an entrepreneur. Um I'm an artist. You know, I studied engineering because I loved taking things apart as a child and learning how they worked and I would always get excited if I found like somebody had thrown out a printer or any kind of machinery um in my neighborhood in Toronto I would go around on garbage day and see what people were throwing away and if anybody was throwing away something interesting I would take it home I love and it take it apart and try and figure out how it worked um and so that really has been one of the central themes in my life of trying to understand how first things work, but going to engineering school and doing mechanical engineering degree. Um, and then later, once I got into some relationships, uh, understanding how people work, um, and that's opened up a whole realm of inquiry into music and art and trauma and therapy and psychedelic healing and trying to Trying to understand how humans work and how our brains work and how our minds work, and so I think I, I think I'm primarily an explorer. Maybe the yeah. I, would say.
0: I was going to say, and and hell of a lot more complicated to figure out how humans work and minds work from a printer. <laughs> it is yeah. <laughs> You're leveling up in the in the, in the journey or the challenge.
1: Yes, less um, predictable. I mean, that is what I loved about machines is is that you can understand the whole system and then. The, you put in the same input, you get the same output. Uh, but humans are very; we're just very variable. Yeah, for so sure. many inputs. How does the
0: brilliant thinker and founder, founding editor of Wired magazine, Kevin Kelly, how does he show up in in your life as a teacher? And you know, given how you just answered this question, um, you, you know, like how did he first come into your world?
1: Uh, I read his book about technology, and and the i think it's called the inevitable i can't remember the name of it right now um but yeah it was about technology and about where we're headed and the future that that is inevitable at this point with technology computers the internet now i would say with ai yeah and how most people it's most people don't realize where we're headed and unless you've studied it you, you wouldn't have a reason to to understand it fully. But if you look into where we're headed and the things that are already being worked on today that are coming down the pipe, um, the world's going to be very different in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And there's going to be new technologies that are just in their nascent form now that are going to be big parts of our lives. The same way that the internet is now a major part of almost everybody who's in the working portion of their life. Um, and that wasn't the, even the case, like even, you know, 20 years ago. So, so, true. so things are going to be really different. And it's interesting to me to try and learn from folks who are spending cycles, studying this stuff and trying to predict the future because yeah, if we know a little bit of what's coming, we can prepare for it. We can try and head off some of the downsides and accentuate the upsides and create Create a society that works for everybody ideally, so how are you because this is this is such a you know
0: apropos topic right now, and especially with everything going going on with chat uh, gpt and and you know everything around that as well it's I feel like the whole AI conversation has really gone to the next level um, primarily because I think people are actually seeing and this is just really on the surface what's possible? with this kind of technology, how are you, you know, like personally approaching this or what questions are you asking to, to try to get more clear on, you know, where you want to experiment and, and kind of like you said, like not, or I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but not getting kind of left behind and being a part of the movement and understanding and
1: learning. Yeah. I mean, where I'm at with it right now, and this is evolving because it's, I still feel like I'm pretty new with it and have just been playing with it. Um, on on like a relatively surface level so far but it's it's like everybody was just issued on november 30th a hyper intelligent prodigy child
0: (laughs) it's so true
1: (laughs) (laughs) or multiple like we we all now have have multiple hyper intelligent prodigy children but they're they're not like they're, they're not human children they're ai children and We all have the opportunity now to start training these hyper-intelligent prodigy AI children to help us do our work, accomplish our missions in the world. Um, And so we just had a team meeting at Fulcrum yesterday where I said, uh, we are now going to make AI part of our company in terms of uh, a practice area for everybody on the team. And, And then it occurred to me that actually this is... ChatGPT is our newest employee and I would like <laughs> I everybody that. to meet our newest employee and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get ChatGPT into our Slack so we can just ask ChatGPT in a Slack message, you know, something and get the yeah. case on. Um, but yeah, so I, I, like so much of the stuff that my team is doing can be done 50% faster, maybe more uh, using ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty incredible. And yeah. people who don't use that kind of productivity improvement are are going to get left behind. And I don't want us to get left behind at Fulcrum. So we're we're integrating it. And then in terms of like the being an artist and a musician, um I made uh I made the first album art with Chat GPT um that's gonna come out next month. And so I feel a little bit conflicted about that because I used to pay artists to do it. And this one was free and generated in a minute. Um, so that's something that's opening up for, for me is like the ethics of, of that. Um, and people are doing AI generated music like that will be, I can imagine a future, which is probably not that far off where you're going to be able to say to an AI, Hey, write me a deep house track in D minor with a compelling chord progression that has a verse, a chorus, and a bridge that uses these instruments, and I want it three minutes long, and I want it to be in the style of this artist. Go.
0: Mm-hmm. But don't you think it's like, I had a chat with a, a good friend of mine who was a designer, and, and what I was mentioning to her, I'm like, I feel, because y- you're right, Like there's there's some ethical considerations or just some kind of gray area you know, I, I guess situations where you're like, well, like, you know, is this right? Is this not? And, and so forth. And what I was, what we were talking about was just the idea that I think like we, we can we all have the opportunity, depending on you know what you're working on, to really become a fine tuned you know producer of sorts because yeah. you still have to fuel you know like the, the 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 output still requires quality inputs. And I I I really my prediction is the people that pick up and I'm looking this up for, from, from my perspective when it comes to questions and sequences of questions, you know, like the people that I get real good at identifying that sequence or like you just, you know, provide it as an example for music, you know, com, you know ask the right combinations of, of uh, questions and elements. Like that's where it's going to b- become re- unique where people I I'd imagine be like, oh, they're they know this system and instead of you just trying to do it on your own, you're going to pay those people. And then the, on the other side, then there's like, I feel like, especially with designers, it'd be like, oh, well, this is an original design from an h- actual human. Like eventually that's going to be this premium thing, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, prompt
1: engineering. Prompt engineering, I like that. It's going to be a, is prompt engineer. So someone's going to be a prompt engineer, right? And then that'll be a new profession just like coder was a new profession yeah Um, yeah and i think the way that i'm looking at it it's like these days we use a computer to make stuff and before we had computers people used other they had other methods and so nowadays the people who use computers to make stuff have like have taken over and anybody who doesn't it's more of like a hobby um and I think it'll be the same with AI, where we're going to use AI to make stuff, and how good we are at using the AI is going to be the one of the major predictors of our the quality of the stuff that we make. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I got to spend. Sorry, I'm like, man, I got to spend time <laughs> with learning how to prompt these things. Like, it's or, or be left behind. I I know. It feels like. I know. Yeah.
0: That's the one part on my side of things. I'm like, maybe maybe the 5 years of collecting thousands of of reflective questions is going to pay off in some capacity. Yeah. I'll just fire them all in there and see what happens. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I just want to provide uh, I'll just pivot a bit just to, so we can provide some context to everyone listening. Uh then we can jump in and go any way for for you know that that flows but uh just your backstory. I mean, you mentioned fulcrum, which is which is uh an incubator that you uh founded and you're working at today. But how like how did all that start? I mean, it, it goes back to you've you've been a part of, of several companies and uh what is it, Does it is the pronunciation Kandara? Is that proper? Kindara. Kindara. Yeah. Yep. Um that that one definitely made some serious news and seems like it's still doing
1: quite well. Why don't you provide a little flavor of, of your of the backstory? For sure. Um So like I mentioned, I studied engineering and in college, I met some folks who were building a solar powered race car and I had the choice like, Oh, I can either cut classes and go build this solar powered race car, or I can, uh, go to these boring engineering classes. And so (laughs) I chose the race car and that was kind of my first experience of building something myself um, yeah. and we built this car and raced it from Chicago to Los Angeles and it was just an awesome experience. Um, and then after that I had a, a lighting company, a sustainable lighting company for a brief period. Um, and then I met my former partner and we founded Kendara together. Um, and Kendara is a women's health platform that helps women understand their bodies by, uh, by, uh, tracking and analyzing their fertility signs. Hmm. And, uh, I just fell in love with the idea and felt like I understood women for the first time on, on a deeper level. And my partner felt like she understood her body on a deeper level for the first time. Um, and so we did the whole VC route with Kendara. And, uh, at one point we were the top app health app in the United States. Um, congrats. I know that's not easy. It, it was a f- kind of a fluke thing, but we were r- routinely in the top 20. Um we ended up helping I think it's like 250,000 women successfully conceive and uh helped uh, about another like couple million um through that project and then mm-hmm. eventually sold it to another women's health company in 2018 um and that was like an incredible experience of starting with nothing no skills a little bit of money that I had saved up and um going through the whole cycle of like building something building a product we built hardware uh, called wink, which was a connected Bluetooth fertility thermometer. And, uh, we had it manufactured in overseas and and then Mm -hmm. shipped in and it was just, that was an incredible journey. And then finally, you know, we raised money, had a board and then sold it and all the things that I learned through that process. And then after that, I just started working with founders, um, trying to figure out my next step. And, uh, that has now turned into fulcrum, which is, uh, an accelerator for mission-driven entrepreneurs who are raising seed capital. And we've now worked with almost a hundred companies and those companies have raised uh, upwards of $25 million in seed funding and in all different verticals like human health and well-being, culture, um, the arts software. Um, and the vision with fulcrum is to help human potential flourish by unlocking people's potential. Um, mm mainly through teaching them how to fundraise, which is a kind of a strange niche to have ended up in, but it, I find it really like endlessly fascinating.
0: Well, for sure.
1: And we've got, you know,
0: recently we've got to collaborate a little bit and bring some mental fitness into to the yeah. cohort, which is, you know, when you say unlocking people's potential, I mean, you're speaking my language, that's for sure. I start with the mind and, um, you know, listeners of the show are, are well aware of the invested series that was running with KPMG and I, I would say the thing I learned, you know, that was so obvious was just, you know, to be mentally fit and financially fit. I mean, they they both have to essentially coexist. They're not, you know, on separate tracks. So um, I'm excited to continue our our chats, Will, because it's um, you know, you you know, it 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 it's not the easiest route to take being an entrepreneur or founder running an early stage company. But at the same time it's, you know, and you, you've seen this time and time again. Uh, especially with with uh, kandara as well it's it's like you can help so many people if you can just keep going hello friends given you're here i'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit so with that in mind i want to let you know the better questions newsletter which publishes once or twice a month providing all of us the opportunity to slow down think and ask better questions as you know, quality questions are my thing and this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at behindthehuman.com newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's behindthehuman.com newsletter. Now back to the show.
1: It was hard for me with Kandara was extra hard because it was the first time I was doing it, I think. Yeah. I I think it's getting easier, um, which I'm really happy about. Yeah. Well, Um, more people talking about it. I get that. That's got to help. Yeah. I think that helps. I think just also experience, like having been through it, because I I did a whole kind of burnout cycle at Kandara where I was working 80 hours a week for years on end. And then my mental health started to suffer majorly. And it was not pretty. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was not pretty for me. And so having been through that experience and having adrenal fatigue and checking my cortisol levels every three months to try and get my, my, adren- my adrenal system back into balance, like I know I'm never going to do that again. And the way to avoid doing that again is to keep an eye on my mental health and prioritize my, my body. What were some of
0: the signs, Will, when you're in that? Just because there's probably many people that are, just statistically speaking, like, you know, not the uh, obviously kind of hit the wall, you know, you, you're forced to see what's happening, but do you remember some of the early warning signs or predictors where knowing what you know now, because I know you're, you're quite invested in your, your, your mental health and your spiritual health and all of that, like, w- what are some of the things that you would have been like, ah, right there is probably a, an idea where I could have taken some action.
1: Well, I was, I remember, like, I wanted to know where my limit was, which in hindsight is kind of a stupid thing because, I mean, the limit, when your body breaks, your body breaks and you can't use your body anymore. Um, so any kind of thinking like that, like just pushing yourself r- really hard and for a long period of time, like, it's not going to end well it's, it's never going to end well. And the successful founders that I see have a balanced approach. If you like, however you are working is how you're probably going to be working in the future. That's, that's what I see now having worked with so many founders. It's like, if you're always stressed and pushing, like you're always going to be stressed and pushing. There's never going to be a day where, something in the business is going to happen. You're going to raise some money or get a big customer and then all of a sudden you can relax because the the state that we're... Like we get to choose whether we're stressed and pushing or relaxed and happy. And so it actually has nothing to do with the outside situation, even though it might really appear like it does. Um, That's a good point. So I had to learn that the hard way and hopefully people can avoid learning that. And it's like we we get to choose in large, massive measure our state and how we approach our work. And so if you're approaching it in terms of like, it's a taskmaster that's whipping you constantly, it's not going to end well. And you need to change the relationship with the work.
0: So have you, have you ever s- sat down and uh, whether this is journaling or some other kind of process, like what, when you're, putting together fulcrum and and any really any other work that you're doing, like how have you set those boundaries for yourself or those intentions? Like what, are there any questions that you're reflecting on or a process that you went through to be just real clear on, you know, making sure that you're designing an environment for, for you and your mind to
1: thrive? Yeah. Um, yeah, a few. The first one is culture, like writing down the culture on the first day of the company. Hmm. Um, and I now create a handbook for every project that I work on and any company, any like album or anything. Um, actually the other day created a handbook for myself because I realized like, Hey, I've got a handbook for all these things I'm creating. What about having a handbook for me? Um, Ooh, talk to me more about that. Okay. In a minute, but, but okay. I <laughs> want to finish this first th- thread. And so the handbook, the, the writing down the culture of the business on day one, I think is really important because then you can just check and see like our is even if it's just you at your desk with your computer, like, are you embodying the culture? Mm. Um, and I heard an acronym which is ELF, ELF, uh, E L F, easy, lucrative, fun. And mm. I really like that as a way to approach work. And I somebody else said ELFI, you got to add I on there for impactful. So easy, lucrative, fun, impactful. Um, like and that. so keeping things ELFI, I think, is really important. Marshall, uh, Marshall, uh, not Marshall McLuhan, Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of, uh, nonviolent communication. He says, don't do anything that isn't play. Hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like what most of us are not saving lives. Some of us are saving lives, but, but even that you can, you have to come to it with an energy of play. And so I really like that frame, also, um, and just remembering, like, it. If I'm creating this business, like, I, I get to decide my relationship with the business. I'm literally creating the thing that I'm then having a relationship with. <laughs> yeah. so, so you, we're the total author in in that case, and so you get to author it any way you want. And and I'm trying to do it different with Fulcrum, where we have a, a culture and that culture gets embodied and we all are accountable to embody that culture. And then the last thing I'll say is my friend Heath Gwynn, who is a, one of the movers and shakers, I would say, in the startup community here in Tennessee, um, his goal is, how can I do my job without my arms? And I love that one for entrepreneurs because at the end of the day as the CEO, you really do need to create something that can operate without you, like once you hit product market fit, scaling is all about getting your arms out of the out of the business as the bottleneck
0: it's the hardest that's the hardest place, at least from what I've seen in terms of interviewing different entrepreneurs and even within my own experience when we started bringing on a team it's because you're so like there's there's a lot of psychology going on there. I mean, you're so invested, right? Mentally uh, and financially, often that it, it's like if you're not consciously doing this or setting some intentions or going through a bit of a, you know, some self work to be able to do it, it's really hard.
1: Yeah. I was a control freak at Kandara. Um, like I wanted everything the way I wanted it. And I, wa- I wanted it to be perfect. And that was a big problem. Um, and now what I'm learning is the team is so much more important. Cause the team is everything. Like the if the founder needs to do everything, then the founder's gonna burn out, company's mm-hmm. not gonna succeed. Yeah. So it's it's all about being able to build a team. And uh somebody said business is a team sport. And I really like that. It's cause I used to play team sports like soccer and rugby. It's like imagine yeah. going out on the rugby pitch alone, or yeah. or trying to like manage how the the guy is kicking the ball and it's just like no, there's you're gonna get destroyed by the other team. Yeah,
0: yeah. We need these moments or these these perspective shifting moments. So I find like that's the thing. It's like how do you because most of us know this stuff. It's just for whatever reason we're in it and we don't draw the the same parallels or conclusions and then until something you know until we're forced to do that so it's yeah. like you know even when i when i'm working with people one-to-one it's it's just it's to try to find the narrative that will open up the door for that conversation be like oh okay now like that like your rugby example like that that makes sense so okay that, now that i buy into that and i real i i know that that's true all right like what what micro shifts to, you know
1: can i make now to to help that path right yeah and and um, another thing that I learned about that I just want to say has been transformative is the entrepreneurial operating system. Ooh, um, keep going. By Gino Wickman, uh, I got I got a message about this. I think after I left Kendara, and I remember feeling so much like anger and and like outrage that I, nobody had told me about it sooner. Um, because of course, a business needs an operating system. And most entrepreneurs are just cobbling that together or the entrepreneur themselves is the entre- is, is the operating system. And that just doesn't scale. So once I learned about the entrepreneurial operating system, I started using it and everything that I create entrepreneurially. And it's been a game changer for me. Major well, game changer. What's a what brief
0: kind of description of what that,
1: what that looks like? Imagine if you had a set of best practices and systems for how to hire people, how to decide who to hire, um, how to manage those people, how to do a team meeting, how to set goals, how to keep accountability inside the organization. Like Somebody has figured this out and tested it with thousands of companies and then just puts it on your desk as a book.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's what the entrepreneurial operating system is. I had to pick this up. It's amazing. I love it. Let's go back. We can't forget about that handbook. Is that, mm. I mean, I feel like that's linked. The, the Will Sachs handbook. <laughs> yes. The Will Sachs handbook is pretty short right now, but it's getting longer every week. Um, because I, I don't know if you can relate, Mark, but as a creative person, I find myself sometimes learning the same lessons over and over again yes like even you know a, a couple years will go by and then I'll learn the same lesson again I'm like man how many times have I learned that when I go to bed early I win the next day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I I realized like I got to write that down and and that oh how many times have I learned that if I eat food if I eat an early dinner I feel great and I sleep better um how many times have I had to learn that um like what's all, what else is in there oh that i need to get into nature like once a week or i'll start to feel depressed mhm all this basic stuff about will yeah. Sachs. but but now it's in the handbook so i'm hopeful that it'll i won't have to learn that stuff as much
0: it reminds me a lot of um ray dalio's work around principles yeah and you know i don't know if you've read any of those books i, but, I have yeah and, i
1: love him and yeah
0: Yeah. It just seems, it seems like a a similar thing. It's, and from my understanding, it's kind of how, how it came up with, with Ray was just like, you know, how, how am I making these decisions or what's, what's, what's the regular flow that, you know, yields this kind of outcome and just keeping track and and going back and being able to revisit that. How, uh, just practically speaking, what, like, what does that handbook look like? Is that, do you have a, do you have a digital system? Is this a journal? Like, what's. I I I feel like I want to do one of these. And yeah, my, I feel like my principles are like scattered around all over the place. And I don't yeah. like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the handbook's a Google Doc now okay. with a table of contents at the top, linked table of contents. That's, and that's just, we have a Fulcrum handbook and uh, I have a Kukaro handbook for my music also. Um, okay. And so. The reason that I use a Google doc for the, for all of them actually is because once you start building a team, then the team gets access to the handbook. And every time they do something, they got to document it in the handbook. Mm. Um, And so like our fulcrum handbook, you know, we're still a small team. There's like seven of us on the team, but our handbook's like 60 plus pages now. And it's got like How we do our marketing, how we do our product, links to everything, login information and how we share passwords and all the stuff that people need to know so that they don't come to me and our other executive like leadership uh, people and and ask those questions over and over and over again. And so we can onboard people and say, hey, here's a 60-page handbook, sit down, spend a couple hours, read it, write a list of questions, and then we'll answer them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfect example of that answering that question. How can I do my job
1: without my arms? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all a work in progress. Trying to, trying to figure it out. Um, And I am excited to figure it out because it feels like the way to unlock my potential as an entrepreneur. And it's something that I had, like I've read, I've I've looked and tried to read a lot at all Patrick Lencioni's work and the entrepreneurial operating system and Ray Dalio and I haven't found like a great resource for how do you get yourself as the founder out of the operations of the business other than just hire great people and get out of their way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep us posted when you figure all out. Right. Yeah, you yeah, keep me posted too one. if you figure it out. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about just your... Well, first of all, when when I say just the word or the i guess the concept of mental fitness like what does that mean to you
1: Yeah i like how you i like the the term mental fitness because it is just like your physical fitness it's like you can't expect to be fit if you sit on the couch eat potato chips every day and mm-hmm. don't move so i think it's the same with the mind it's like what practices can help us have the mind that we want to have. And are we doing those practices? And it's, it's tricky with the mind because you, you, we are inside our mind so we can forget, we can get distracted. We can get deluded. So easy. So yeah. easy. So yeah, I think mental fitness for me, it's like, I think about the the various things that I do to try and stay centered and connected to my my elemental self. Well, that's a
0: huge part of this show. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to pull on that string. I mean, the, the idea is, and, and, and I always say this as a, as a caveat because, you know, it, the idea is not to provide a prescription of mental fitness practices or flows and rituals and stuff like that, that it's like, Oh, if you do this, then, you know, you're going to feel like X or something like that. We're all obviously different humans and, and, some things work for us, and some things don't. But you know, if if I could pull out the some of the non-negotiables in your life and the stuff that you've tried and that's working, and you know the sequence of those things, then um, you know I'm, I'm pretty certain myself, as well as someone on the other side, you know, there's something in there that I'm like oh, I never really thought about that, and something I'd like to incorporate in, into my routine. So I'd love Will for you to just share. I guess your your mental fitness rituals or physical fitness, like, you know, it's essentially anything that you're doing uh fairly consistently um to keep your mind clear and, and as healthy as you can.
1: Yeah. Well sleep diet exercise, uh, I would say is the foundation. Um going to bed early when my body wants to go to to bed when it wants to sleep. And I notice sometimes, especially in the wintertime, that'll be like eight 30 sometimes, mm. which is very inconvenient socially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like at a dinner party and saying, sorry, it's my bedtime. It's eight Got to go. Um, yeah. but my, I I've learned that my body sends me quite a strong signal and it's a cortisol dip, I think, or maybe it's melatonin. I can't remember physiologically, but It sends that signal. And when I listen to that and I go to bed, then I get a proper night's sleep where I have vivid dreams. Um, And if I ignore that, then I get a cortisol spike and I don't really dream and I don't feel as rested. So that's one. And then when I wake up, it's like exercise, get a sweat going. I do that most days. I either dance or go for a run or lift weights or do yoga. Mm. Um, And then after that, I meditate and then what's the meditation these days or what do you, what's your uh, It's usually just like 10 minutes and uh, focusing on the body, like Vipassana yep. style. Sure. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, then it's like a healthy breakfast, like hop in the shower and then a healthy breakfast. And then that's my morning routine. And I try and do that every day. Um, and I probably average about five days a week for that. Yeah, and I find great. when I don't do that, then I really notice it. And, and I, I feel kind of dysregulated. So when your
0: routine or let's just say outside circumstances come in and kind of blow that up, what's the one thing that it's like non-negotiable if, if like fail safe, if I can only do this one thing, this is what I'm doing today.
1: It's usually move my body in some way. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really like, you, I don't think I've heard this example yet, un- unless you, you know, you do something, you hurt yourself, but you know, there's really, as soon as you start moving your body, I mean, you feel it right away.
1: Yeah. Right. Like there's no downside to that. I also have a created future, um, recorded. Ooh, talk to me. Yeah. So I wrote out in a Google doc, my created future in the present tense. So right now we have a revenue goal and a, an impact goal at Fulcrum and, for this year, that's my goal. And I wrote it out and I recorded it and then I put some inspirational music behind it. Um, And so I listened to that and that's been great because I remember when I was raising money for Kandara, I had something similar and it really just kept me focused on the end zone. Like, Like, what am I creating? Where am I headed? This is what I'm effing doing. And I'm gonna get there, you know, eventually if I just stay focused on it. And at Kandara, I was like, like I said, kind of a burned, I burned, I was pushing really hard to get there. And now I feel more relaxed where I'm focused on that as a goal. I know where I'm headed. I listen to that, try to do it every day. Um, and it just I see it coming true. Like Hmm. It's it's really cool to see it coming true. Cause I, I've broken it down into detail of like what it's like working with my team and the kind of founders that are enrolling and the difference we're making for people. And when that stuff happens, I get reminded, oh yeah, this is in my future. Great. It's happening. Yeah. And that is
0: really I, great. It's just a, a I mean, essentially that's a another example of a great journaling practice uh that you're recording. Totally. And what a beautiful way! I, I'm assuming you, you you listen to this in the morning, or or you know something you start your day. But even if, kind of like some of the work that we did together last week with the group, like when your mind gets kicked off the track, or if you are in in that position where you're pitching, you know, for investment or whatever it is, and and you know there's some rejection there or it doesn't go as planned, like pop this track back on to reset the mind, so you don't fall into that. Endless loop, right? Of well, what if I did this or that? Or because like that just doesn't lead you
1: anywhere. Doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I like yeah. That. We're like, like one thing I think I've learned over the last couple of years is we we're creator beings. Like human human beings, our superpower is to create, right? Like if you look at the all the other animals in the animal kingdom, like we we got given this ability to create and it seems like that's kind of the way out of almost every situation. Yeah. And it starts in the mind, like creating what we want and then moving towards it. And that story you told me, Mark, about your life and you got, you got that instruction of, uh, what is it? What do you want to create for your life? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah. What do you want for your life? What What do you want for your life? Yeah, that stuck with me because I feel like that really encapsulates it in just a few words. Yeah, it's uh, it's a question. You
0: know, I like I said. I mean, it's it's something that that helped me out of a pretty dark place and you know, kind of a trend towards a, a deep depression. But I I often, you know, if like the day was a bit off or something, I often just go back, like before I go to bed, just open up the journal and. And write out something to the effect of, I, I, I guess it's kind of like what you're saying, like this created future of, and it's, it's almost, it, it, I answer the question, what if everything went right? Mm. And, and just flow through like, who's there? What's going on? How do I feel? And, and like, you know this, but it's, it's not like all of that stuff will happen, but it, it is pretty amazing to see when you write that stuff out or think about it consciously or intentionally, a lot of that stuff starts to show up and and for me at least going to bed in that state of mind is just feels like you're you're a superhero in some capacity and mm. like then you go to sleep and your mind's still working on that right it's i don't know, i just find it a
1: beautiful way to fall asleep yeah i and um i learned something from music that i think applies to this which is that if you if you resonate two strings if you if two things are resonating then they and, and they're at the same frequency. They they resonate together. They start vibrating. So yeah. when you vibrate something at one frequency, and there's other things that have a resonant frequency of that that first thing, then they'll start vibrating also. So it's actually a law of physics. Yeah, that when yeah. you've got vibrations passing through things, the when the, that vibration is the resonant frequency of that thing, it'll start vibrating. And thoughts are electrical activity in the brain, which is some form of a vibration. So it seems to me that our thoughts vibrate at certain frequencies. And if we just keep those frequencies, then other things in our lives that vibrate at those same frequencies could be other people with the same thoughts tend to resonate and get attracted to us.
0: Totally. Well, I mean, you just, you you can run the experiment yourself or just reflect back on those days where you things aren't going right. And it's just like one yeah. thing after another. And you, you, you haven't found a way to cut that cycle. I mean, that's not typically when your best ideas just pop up or, you know, this like awesome opportunity just lands in front of you. And in, in when you're in that mental state, it's typically when you're feeling pretty good and like, you're almost in a flow state in a way. And, and then, you know, like you said, like then, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're vibing out a whole other frequency and stuff starts to happen. You start seeing things that Probably are already always there, but now you you're clear enough, and you're not kind of bogged down by fear and and stress and so forth. So makes sense to me. Yeah. Last question for you, brother. I want to respect your time. Just what what makes you smile each day?
1: Uh, usually playing music. Um, it's such a important part of my expression. Um, So I try to have an instrument in my hands like every day. Mm. Um, Also dancing. So I, I've been dancing in the mornings and I love that. Um, I've got to try that out and try not to. Oh, it's so good. Morning morning dance party, self judgment. Morning (laughs) dance party, man. It's so good. I'm going to start doing them here in Nashville. um, Like 7am dance parties. And just advertise it on Eventbrite or whatever and get a big sound system going because I I think that's the best way to start the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Wake up at 6.30, dance from 7 to 8, have some breakfast at your desk by 9.
0: Sounds good to me. Let me know when that's happening. I'm going to have to figure out a a good excuse to, well, I mean, that's a good excuse to come out to (laughs) Nashville where you're at. Man, this was this was fun. I mean, we obviously could have gone for uh, for hours, and maybe we can do another interview one of these days. But uh, what a pleasure! I, there's there's so much here. Just even personally, just with you know the handbook and key principles, and that whole entrepreneurial operating system, and all the mental fitness you shared. I mean, there's a lot of value here. So thank you, uh, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for you know a higher. Thank you for just you know continuing to to put your mind first and, and make sure that you're showing up feeling good and energized. And, and because of that, you know, the ripple effect is obviously all the work and the beautiful art you're putting out uh, as a musician and the work you're doing with, with many uh, founders and entrepreneurs. I mean, that just ripples across the entire globe in ways that, you know, sometimes you can see, but oftentimes you can't even see. So thank you for, for that.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for the work you're doing. It's important. I appreciate that. Until next time. Yes, looking forward to it.